like for you to take your Bible this morning, let's turn to Malachi, the very last book of the Old Testament, and chapter number 3. Malachi and chapter number 3. You know, there are many things that are changing rapidly all around us. We are living in an ever-changing world. When I think back to 15 years ago when we came and how things have changed just in these 15 years we've been here, it's almost uh, mind-blowing uh, some, some of the changes that have taken place. When, when I first came, the recordings that we did back then, they were on cassette tape. And you had to duplicate the cassette tape. Uh, uh, we, we only had a duplicate recorder that could uh, do, handle just so many at a time. And uh, it was a, a laborious process, more, more so than it is now, to, to do that. Well, we done moved beyond CDs. We do do still a few CDs, but mostly uh, we do an MP3 file that go, gets posted online and get, goes around all around the world. Just different cha- changes that have taken place. Practically every phase of life changes. We know that. Travel has changed from the, I remember my grandparents talking about the horse and buggy days that they had. My, my grandmother never did learn how to drive. She, she uh, you know, she never, never took any lessons, never did that. And uh, the, we got the many different modes of travel today, not only in automobiles, but the airplanes and uh, the things that are, are coming uh, that we see just are, are, are really mind-blowing if you, th- you stop to think about it, the changes that have taken place just in our lifetime. I grew up in the early days of the space programs of Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo, and then uh, as I was already a, an adult, the space shuttle programs came along after that. And every time someone went into space back during those days, it was a big event. You remember that? I mean, they would, if you were at school, they would pull the they would pull the TV out and you know have it tuned to where everybody could watch the takeoff. They can go up and be back, and I'll never know that they've taken off anymore. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, we hardly notice anymore when another rocket ascends and sends someone or something into space. And that's how times have changed. I think of the, of the medical field, and I praise God for a lot of the changes that have taken place there. Things that were once impossible are now routine. Uh, I think about I was, uh, I was alive whenever uh, they began doing the organ transplants. And uh, how, you know, it was a miracle if anybody survived very long with those. I, and here I am, and I've got a brother, two years older than me, who had a heart transplant. It was like they do multiple things of those a day, and, the, and people can live for a long time afterwards. But uh, a lot of what we used to take... Uh, weeks or months in a hospital to heal is now often done on an outpatient basis. And the time, recovery time is something uh, that is really, more often than not, just a matter of days rather than uh, weeks, months, or, or possibly years. But it gets shorter and shorter. We know the communications have changed. There was a time when if you wanted to communicate with someone on the other side of the world, it would take months to do so. Remember, they used to send out ships 
And uh, you, you carry those messages across, and it would take uh, uh, a, a number of months for them to get across the, the ocean. And now we can punch a series of numbers uh, on the phone and talk with somebody in a matter of minutes or even seconds sometimes. And not only that, we can talk with them and see them on a device that we hold in our lap or we hold in our hand. I thank God for that because we get to see our grandkids, even though we uh, can only uh, see them in person a couple of times a year. Uh, we can talk to them and see them and keep up with their growth, and, and, that, and that's a blessing. But some, just some of the changes that have taken place. Kids seem to handle change better than most of us adults do. Um, in fact, the older we get, the harder it is for us to deal with change. And all God's old folks said, amen, amen, <laughs> right there. I went, the older I get, the harder it is to deal with change. Many folks like a nice, comfortable rut and don't like change of any kind. But listen, change still happens. And sometimes there are changes that happen that we don't like and have a difficult time dealing with. And this morning I want to talk about how we can deal with change, how, how to handle change in our lives and and uh, really the first point addresses this of how how to handle change and that is that we hang on to the things that do not change if you're going to deal with change in a right way you must have a proper grip on the one who does not change and we see in malachi chapter number three and verse number six we see that one mentioned for i am the lord I change not, therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. I'm thankful that in our world of constant change, there are some things that do never change. God was referring to his own qualities of patience, long-suffering, and mercy when he said, I am the Lord, I change not. The word Lord there in our text is comes from the Hebrew word Yahweh or Jehovah. And it means he that he is the eternal, self-existent, self-sufficient God who created everything and sustains it all. Aren't you glad that uh, in the midst of a troubled world, we serve the one who is in charge of it all. He does control. And he will help us through uh, these times of change. He never had a beginning and will never have an ending. God has always been, always is, and always will be. And if you understand all that, you can explain it to me sometime. All right? Uh, God is more awesome and infinitely more complex uh, than we can even begin to understand this side of eternity. You know, and when we get to the other side of eternity, we're going to be learning for all eternity more and more about our God. But, you know, if we could understand everything about him, he wouldn't be God. He just wouldn't be. But he, uh, he transcends all time, all space, all knowledge in every other dimension that you can come up with. I like what Psalm 102, verse 25 through 27 says, says, Of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth, talking about God, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all them shall wax old like a garment, 
As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years have no end. God is still the same. He's still the same God that he was 15 years ago when my wife and I came here. I know there have been a lot of changes that have taken place. I, I thank God for the folks that have been with us over the years. But, you know, not everybody's still with us. Some folks left by way of the Lord took them home. Amen. I, I think of some of those. I was thinking, uh, thinking about them in my office and uh, of the, the ones that were, I mean, they were near and dear to us. And, and, uh, but God chose to call them home. God existed before the heavens and earth were made, and he listen, he will exist long after they have been destroyed. God causes the universe to change, but in contrast to this change, he is ever the same. Okay? Whatever change takes place, you can rest in the fact that God will not change. And God's word Will, will not and does not change. Amen. That ought to be a comfort to us as his children. James said that our God is, and I quote in James 1.17, he called him the father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now the writer of Hebrews said that our Lord Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, he said that he is the same yesterday and today, and forever. Jesus doesn't change because He's God. God doesn't change. Listen, God is unchanging. He's unchanging in His being. He is uh, unchanging in His perfections and in His purposes. God is the great I Am. He is eternally perfect in every way, and His purposes will stand forever. God has never changed. And listen, He's not going to change. He's not going to change for anyone. Not going to change for you. He's not going to change for me. Uh, he doesn't change for this changing world. Uh, he, he is ever the same. How do we know that uh, God is ever the same? Well, God, listen, God's not going to change His love toward us. He's not going to change His love toward mankind. God loves mankind created him to have a relationship with him. Uh, he loved Adam and Eve in the garden before they sinned. And he loved them after sin entered the picture. And that's the reason why he provided a provision. How do I know God loves mankind? God's word tells us in 1 John 4 verse 9 and 10. It says, and this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. No, he's the covering for our sins. He's that atonement for our sins. That's what that word propitiation is, is talking about. God loved mankind enough to send His only begotten Son into this world to live and then die for Him. Die for mankind. Romans 5, 8 says that God committed this love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is a great love. It's an incomprehensible love, isn't it? You know, we, we are good about loving those that love us. But when somebody uh, is 
hateful toward us and doesn't love us, uh, we have a difficult time uh, being, uh, being like God in that. And God calls us to be like that. But we ought all to be thankful today that God doesn't change His love toward us. He loves us just as much today as He has ever loved us. No matter what we do, we won't change that. We you will not change God's love for you. We can't do anything to make God love us more any more or love us any less than He already does. His love is perfect. Some folks have wrecked their lives with sin and shame. They have thrown away many opportunities. They have done what the Lord Jesus Christ uh, said that Saul, who turned into the Apostle Paul, uh, was doing. They kicked against the pricks. Kicking against the pricks of, of God's grace and mercy that's in Jesus Christ. They've kept back there and turned against God. You know, kept their back turned against the Lord. And yet he stands there with open arms waiting to receive them to himself. Why is that? Because he loves them. I am thankful that when I was lost, God saw through my stupidity and kept me safe. I am thankful that when I didn't know what to do with my life, God was making and molding me into the man I am today for his purposes. I am not on the path that I would have chosen for myself, but I am on the path that God has chosen for me. And if you are on that path, you, you can say by God's grace, man, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. You know, God, God knows what's best in our lives. I am thankful that even today when we mess up, and we still do, even as believers, don't we? We still mess up. When our pride gets in the way, when our impatience gets in the way, when we don't love like we ought to, when we're not as faithful to Him as we ought to be, and when we neglect His Word and prayer, that through it all, through all our imperfections, God loves us perfectly. Isn't that a blessing? How can God love us through all of that? How can God continue to love mankind when mankind treats God with such contempt? He can love us this way because He does not change. His love and mercy endures forever. So God's not going to change His love toward mankind. And that means that God is not going to change His stance on sin. That's another thing God does not change. Now, as much as people... And times change. God doesn't change. He doesn't change how He stands when it comes to the matter of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, God was offended at that sin. Sometimes folks look at that incident and think to themselves, what's the big deal? They just ate some fruit. That's the way mankind looks at sin. But it was a big deal. And the reason it was a big deal is simply because God told Adam not to do it. It was disobedience against God. That's why it was a big deal. Listen, the difference between God being Lord of your life and you being the Lord of your life is the matter of obedience. Are you going to obey God or will you not? If God's chief purpose is to glorify Himself, 
then we can rightly reason that that ought to be our chief purpose, and that is to glorify Him too. Revelation chapter number 4, verse number 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Listen, if you never learn anything else from me, I hope that you will learn that your sole purpose for being on this earth is to please God by bringing honor and glory to Him. But listen, sin doesn't do any of that. Sin is offensive to God. It repulses Him. It is loathsome to Him because He is absolutely holy. Now, this world, and even some maybe in this room, might call sin by some other name. But listen, sin is sin. What was sin in Jesus' day is still sin today. You might change the label on poison, but listen, it remains the same. Poison is still poison no matter what you change the label to. It doesn't make it any less deadly. And sin is sin no matter what one calls it. In our world that we live in today, folks look at an alternative lifestyle, but the Bible calls it sodomy and an abomination to God. One might call uh, something cohabitation or experimentation or even love, but the Bible calls it fornication, and it is sin if it's outside of the marriage. One might say they can't help the way they feel about someone when they harbor resentment or bitterness or hatred, but the Bible says we are sinning and being unmerciful and loving, impatient, or hateful. We make some of the sorriest excuses for our sin as though we've got to convince people that what we're doing is all right. Most of the time, I think that what we're doing is trying to convince ourselves. Folks are trying to convince themselves that sin is okay. But listen, God has never changed His stance on sin, and i got news for you, he's not going to. This world is getting more wicked by the, by the day, and uh, it's, it's, uh, I can tell you it's much more wicked. I, I thought it was wicked when we came 15 years ago, and it was, but it's much more wicked today than it was 15 years ago. The cause of sin has never changed. We know the problem from, from Cain and Abel until today uh, everyone born from Adam has inherited a sin nature. They've inherited Adam's nature. We didn't become sinners. Listen, we all were born sinners. We were born with a sin nature that we inherited from Adam. And the only one who can do anything about that sin nature is the second Adam, Jesus Christ. The Bible calls him the second Adam. You all read uh, Romans chapter number 5, and it talks very clearly there. It begins in Romans five twelve by saying, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. And it shows how, how from by Adam we, we got this sin nature, and we became sinners. But it's by the, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, that we get righteousness. Because of one man's disobedience, we all were made sinners. We may not like that. We may not agree with how that works. 
But we don't have to like it. We don't have to agree with it. That's just the way it is. And the very fact that mankind doesn't agree with the way things are is further evidence that they're sinners. We don't like to admit something is wrong with us. We don't like having to admit when we are wrong. People have a hard time saying, I was wrong or I am wrong, don't they? But the, listen, the Bible says that all have sinned. We all have sinned. Just as the cause of sin has never changed, so also the results of sin has never changed. Romans 6.23 is still in the Bible and it's still true. The wages of sin is death. I'm glad it doesn't stop there. Amen. Aren't you? The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God told Adam that in the day that he ate of the forbidden fruit, he would surely die. Now death means separation. And Adam would experience two kinds of death. First, he experienced spiritual death or spiritual separation from God the very moment that he partook of that fruit. He hid himself in the garden hoping that he wouldn't have to face God. And there's a lot of folks that are running from God today hoping they don't have to face God. They don't, they don't want to acknowledge that God even exists. The atheist, don't, if he acknowledges God exists, then he acknowledges there's somebody that he's going to have to stand before and give an account. Well, listen, whether he acknowledges it or not, he's still going to have to stand before him and give an account according to what the Word of God says. Amen? Adam would experience two kinds of death. First, he experienced spiritual death or the spiritual separation from God. And uh, secondly, you know, uh, he later died many years later. He died a physical death. But listen, God came to man and made a provision for him that day that pointed to the future provision in Christ. Know that God took and slew an animal to cover man's nakedness. It was a picture of what would happen with Jesus Christ. It says that God clothed them with those skins. You can't clothe with animal skins unless you kill the animal. It's a picture of the death of his own son. Many years later, Adam experienced physical death at a very old age. But he, uh, had he never eaten the fruit to begin with, he would have lived forever. Think about that. Listen, the Bible tells us that because of our inherited sin nature, we were born spiritually dead, spiritually separated from God. And only a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that comes through His gospel changes that. We can't do anything to prevent the physical death. Hebrews 9.27 is still in the Bible and it still applies. It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. There's assurance of some things that we can just count on that are going to take place. We live long enough, we're going to die. And after we die, we're going to stand before God and give an account. The law of the harvest is found in Galatians chapter number 6. Man reaps what he sows. Because of sin, we die. And if, 
If one doesn't allow Jesus to do something about their sin, they'll not only die physically, but they'll experience eternal spiritual death, eternal separation from God, and a place called hell. Now that's not pretty. It's not pretty, it's not pleasant, but listen, neither is sin. And if there's one thing that you can count on, God is not going to change his stance on sin or the results of sin. God's against sin, sin stays the same, and he, will, he is going to judge sin. God is not going to change his plan of salvation either. There's only one and always has been only one plan of salvation. And it comes our way by grace through faith. It's the plan he used in the garden with Adam. It's the plan that, by which Noah was saved. It's the plan by which Abraham was saved. It's the plan by which Moses was saved. Yes, Moses was not saved by keeping the law. Nobody can keep the law. Moses was saved by grace through faith. He had to believe God. It's the plan by which every man, woman, boy, or girl that has ever been saved or ever will be saved has been saved. Salvation is always, always, always by grace through faith. Salvation comes our way by confessing with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believing in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, according to Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Salvation is by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the men and women who lived before Jesus looked ahead by faith, believing that Jesus would come. They were looking for Messiah to come. And that one that would be the sacrifice for their sins. And, and those of us who live afterward, we look back, believing that Jesus did come and die for sins. And he did come. It's not a figment of man's imagination. It's part of history. You, you don't just find out about it in the Bible. It is recorded history that Jesus, in reality, lived. And he died. And, and the tomb that they found was empty. Either way, whether you're looking forward or looking back, the look is a look of faith. It's believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. God's plan of salvation, listen, it has never been complicated. People try to make it complicated, but it's simple. In fact, he's made it so easy that most people stumble right over it. They just stumble at it. Let me ask this morning, have you ever experienced the great love of God? When others fail you and forsake you, listen, you can count on God's love. If you've experienced his love, you can count on it. When you sin and fall short of what God wants you to be, when your life is a mess and you don't have a friend to turn to, you can count on the love of God. God loves you in spite of your sin. He hates sin, but he loves the sinner. Have you ever accepted that love by receiving his salvation? Have you ever turned to God in repentance and faith? If you haven't, you need to do so today. Amen. Perhaps today you need to move past that first step of faith, believing in Christ and what he did for you. After salvation comes following the Lord in baptism and becoming a part of his local church 
And then service to God. What, doing, doing what God uh, wants you to do. Following Him. Following His path for your life. Is He speaking to you about His great desire maybe to enjoy intimacy with Him? Do you have a prayer life in a time that you get in the Word of God? If not, maybe the day He wants you to do that. The question is, how will you respond to that invitation that He gives today? Let's pray. Father, we thank You that in the midst of a world that is changing almost at a dizzying pace to us, we can't even keep up with some of the changes sometimes. Things are changing so fast. That in the midst of all of that, you are still the same. We serve an unchanging God. And that gives us comfort. It gives us hope. And Lord, as we, as we look to you, we understand that your love has always been the same your love for Adam and Eve in the garden is the same love that we enjoy today you made a provision for them in the same way you make a provision for us through Jesus Christ who is the only way of salvation Lord there's one here today that doesn't know you that doesn't have a relationship with you because they've never submitted to your righteousness and your righteousness is found in Jesus Christ. He is the righteousness that we need. And the Bible does say that God hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Christ had no sin. He did no sin. But he gave himself for sin, for our sin. And Lord, it's through what he did, that we can have salvation. If one has not come to, to faith in Christ, help them to do that today. And for those of us that have, Lord, in the midst of this changing world, help us to cling to you who does not change. And Lord, embrace what you say in your word, uh, the things that we need to cling to, and the things that we need to uh, make sure you're not a part of our life. We all need help with this. This is a sinful, wicked world which we live. But Lord, we need to daily look to you and daily lean upon you, Lord, uh, to, to help make us help help us make it through the day. Have your way in this invitation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.